Hello, and welcome back to Self Love with Rihanna Marie. I'm super excited today because I have yet another special guest, and I am going to allow him to introduce himself a little first. Go for it. What's going on, guys? My name is Will Nichols. I'm a professional astrologer and a sexuality empowerment guide, I guess you could call me. Um, and yeah, I'm super excited to be here. We're going to get into some juicy juicy oh, discussions yeah. oh yes we are and uh, yeah thanks for having me on this is really cool i haven't been on a podcast in a long time i actually was just on my first well i used to have a podcast cool i had a couple podcasts but um i haven't been on a podcast until a couple of weeks ago when i was on it's called the sage wisdom podcast which is a different podcast Ooh. but so this is my second podcast where i am a guest which is very cool look so, at you i know it's because We're you're on so- a roll yeah you're on a roll um Will is one of my friends, and he is my favorite because he yells at me, but in like a nice, loving way. Actually, I wouldn't <laughs> call it nice. In a, in a, no, I wouldn't call it nice either. <laughs> in like a tough love sort of way. And, uh, you know, so you'll probably get that from him from some of the questions. And he's just a very special, well-informed human being. And so this is not only a treat for me, but for everyone listening. And I'm really excited. Okay. so Me too. You know me. I like to dive the fuck in. Uh, Let's dive I, deep. I want to know what your parents did to you. I want to know why you are the fuck <laughs> And I want to know um, what the hell your rock bottom was. But let me all say the question. Oh, my right God. Here. Okay. Okay. Wow. Really, the question is, how did your journey begin? In other words, did you have a sort of rock bottom that led you to choosing a new way of life? And you can, you know, take that however mm-hmm. you want to. <laughs> Okay. Wow. <laughs> no joke. No joke. No. We we're diving deep. It's okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, technically my journey started um, when I came out of my mother's vagina. Um, <laughs> that was the very first uh, moment of breath and moment of life. That's when it all began. Uh, but it, I would say that it really, the kind of more <laughs> conscious journey began <laughs> when I was probably in, I was in grade 11 in high school, grade 10, grade 11. And I was kind of just figuring myself out. Um, that That's when it kind of began. And then I would say that I kind of hit, I, I mean, I've had lots of highs and lots of lows, uh, both yeah. literally and metaphorically, but there's... I don't think there was specifically one singular moment, whereas it was more of like a continuation of different catalysts that kind of have shaped me into who I am today, because I don't really believe right. that an awakening is a one-time experience. I really yeah. truly believe it's a continual process. Every day I awaken to new truths and new understandings. Mm-hmm. So, um, but some obviously are more impactful than others. So I would say, yeah, when I was in high school, I was kind of starting to experiment with um, figuring out who I was and, and, and diving into asking the bigger questions, I guess, because, well, when you're kind of forced to figure out where you want to go and you're preparing for your quote unquote, you know, future, um, there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of emphasis on figuring it all out right now. And with that pressure, um, you know, I was, I was definitely doing a lot of drugs and I was, um, <laughs> I was experimenting with a lot of psychedelics because yeah. I'm a, a water, I got lots of water in my uh, chart and I like to, you know, 
not be in reality all the time. So, um, yeah, I, I started doing that. I started doing like psychedelic mushrooms. Uh, that was kind of my first quote unquote spiritual experience where I really just opened up to see reality in a different light, to see it uh, in ways that I hadn't ever seen it before. And that was very um, inspiring to me. And that was also just very eye opening to me and really was the catalyst um, for my journey. So I always jokingly say, like when people ask me that question, like, you know, what, what was your big awakening point? I always say it was like, those mu- those mushrooms did it you know? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, in well. all reality it was me 100 percent right. uh just using this tool as a catalyst in exactly. in one way it's just a stepping stone i could have had the same experience through um going through a breakup i could have had the same experience going through an ayahuasca journey in the peruvian jungles or i could have had the same experience doing meditation you know it doesn't really necessarily matter the quote-unquote what the tool is so much as it is how you use it. Um, but that was the beginning. And then I started doing a lot, uh, getting into a lot more um, kind of psychedelics and stuff like that. And then obviously doing other drugs and stuff too. I was a, a musician, so I would, you know, smoke weed every day and I was smoking cigarettes and, and doing all sorts of drugs. And um, because I, I just, well, my mentality was, you know, YOLO. And also, <laughs> you gotta, I wanted to know what the hell this was all about. Oh, this yeah. person said, you know, edibles are cool. Let's try edibles. Oh, this person said MDMA is cool. Let's try MDMA. Oh, LSD, okay. Cocaine, okay. Let's try it all. <laughs> and that was my kind of mentality. Now that's a very destructive mentality, but it was a, it, it, it did definitely help me to get to where I am today because I wouldn't be here without it. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like the the catalyst. And then when I was in grade 11, my friend's mom, who was kind of my first spiritual mentor, she was, um, a psychic and uh, like a medium and and she was into like spirituality and tarot and all that fun stuff. And she was starting to uh, get into astrology too. So she gave me like a little mini reading and, you know, I had just heard of horoscopes and all that, uh, from the get go. So that was kind of like a, Ah, whatever, you know, astrology, sure, I'll get into it. She told me some fucking wild stuff just through cards and through, you know, in, intuition. So I was yeah. kind of blown away. And uh, and then, yeah, when she told me about my sun, my moon, and my rising, which I'm sure we'll get to later, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it just blew my mind. And so that really opened the doors for astrology for me and for spirituality and for understanding. The first time I felt energy, I smoked a really big um, – bong bowl and then i had this crystal as my first crystal is a lemuria actually i have a crystal here with me that's very similar to the one that i had oh wow uh, and oh, it's so a big pretty. lemurian uh crystal and i was holding it in my hand and i was just breathing and then all of a sudden my whole hands started like pulsing and tingling i was like what the fuck i think i'm tripping <laughs> like i'm tripping no way and then i was like and then i put it in my other hand and then this hand that i was in before stops tingling and the one that it's in starts tingling and i'm like oh man, this is legit. <laughs> this is legit. So that got me into that. And then I got that. my, I was Reiki certified and did all that fun stuff. And, and then, you know, started developing my intuition and, and mm-hmm. getting into all of that. My first business was Reiki and, and uh, astrology and tarot cool. and all that fun stuff. But, um, but yeah, so like it, it, it was never literally, literally one singular event. Um, I think definitely I, I went through very much a depressive episodes during right. that, doing a lot of drugs and, and trying to escape because I didn't like my reality. I didn't like, um, I, I didn't like my circumstances. I didn't like how I was raised. I didn't, my parents are 
you know, uh, Christian and, and very religious. And I mean, not very religious, very open-minded compared to most religious people, but I, it was still not what I wanted. I was, into, I was getting into spirituality and psychedelics and they just didn't understand. It was like, kind of like, you know, fuck the man type of like vibe. And mm-hmm. like, it's that very much that like sixties kind of old paradigm hippie vibe that I was embodying and yeah. it served me at the time because it definitely opened up the doors for me, but it, it also was very limiting into me actually understanding the big picture here. It was more of like a temporary kind of um, band-aid and a temporary little um, experience that, again, it got me to where I am today. So I'm forever grateful, but right. it's not, it's not something that was a, in any way, shape or form, a permanent um experience or a permanent lifestyle that I was living and that's kind of you know then I went to college I took a year off I, then I went to college for horticulture and then during that time my girlfriend at the time went to Thailand for four months so this person that I've been with my whole life well not my whole life but my, <laughs> it felt like my whole life and uh, that I was really close to all the time all of a sudden I moved out of my house for the very first time in my whole life I'm no longer with my girlfriend for like, it was like four months and not four months. It was like maybe like two months or um, two and a half, maybe three months. And, and I was in this new environment. I was at school. It was like a big, big shock factor, big change in my life. And that really, um, well, I realized that school wasn't for me and I dropped out and I started my first business, uh, which was like tarot and, and uh, Reiki and all of that, which, um, me and my parents thought I was crazy. They said I couldn't move back home. Um, and I was, I went through like, after I made that decision, the initial decision to drop out, I went through like about four to seven days of just like cold sweats and just spiritual mm-hmm. like, detox of, 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 well, I knew what I, what I was doing. And, you know, the very first day of college, it kind of set the epitome of, of, you know what I was doing with my life I mm. the, the very first day uh, b- before going to college I dropped acid that night and then I did like a bunch of cocaine with my friends and then oh my God. went to school the next day and I didn't sleep that night and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was never like some guy overdosed in my house it was really fucked up and um but but yeah so that was a big catalyst for me because i mean you know when we're immersed in contrast we realize that this is really not what i want so instead of doing this and making myself more miserable i'm gonna start to focus on what it is i wanted to create and so Mm -hmm. i moved out i moved uh, i moved in with my grandparents at the time uh, for a couple months and then i got my own place with my girlfriend and my other friend for a couple months and then um that was a huge time and and i uh, then i ended up breaking up with my girlfriend that was another huge time and then i spent the last like two years well one year after that doing a lot of deep inner work and really uh figuring out who i was and on a much deeper level and not you know pinning my identity to other people or or social constructs or even uh, titles and stuff as i started you know creating a personal brand on on social media and all of that. And then the last year has been really just balancing that, balancing the inner work with the outer work and, um, you know, just building the empire and, and, mm. and shaping myself into who I desire to be. And once you have that image nice and clear, I mean, every day is a work in progress. It's yeah. just a continuation of, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm going for it and I'm going to keep 
at it and it's persistence, persistence, persistence. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of gotten me to where I am. Like obviously a very brief uh, kind of point, but the lowest point was definitely, you know, contemplating um, like all of that and, 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 and having the courage to drop out of school. Literally my parents said that I couldn't move in. Uh, so <laughs> that was a big fucking shock. Factor yeah. <laughs> you don't have any security net or anything there, no support structure. Um, and that's when you're really forced to, to, be like, okay, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? You know? And if it is, yeah. then it'll work out. And if it's not, well, fuck. And <laughs> luckily for me, it was what I was supposed to be doing. I no longer have that business. I'm on my third business now, but, um, but that's, that's just how it goes. And, and, and you, it kind of, it's those points where you're forced to just absolutely surrender to what your heart knows you're supposed to be doing despite the immense opposition. I mean, immense, like everybody in my life told me, except for my dad, who was like, actually surprisingly very supportive of that. And he, well, not supportive, but he's just like, if you, if this is what you know that you're supposed to be doing, then that's what you're supposed to be doing, you know? But work at it, you know, do it, do it. Don't yeah. just say you're gonna do it and yeah. don't just, you know, drop out and don't just like quit something to start another, yeah. like do it. And that was very inspiring for me. Uh, and he's still like a very great supporter. So I'm very grateful for that. And my mom is, a, you know, a great supporter now too. We obviously cleared the shit, um, yeah. <laughs> but, but you have to go through those periods and that's when it's like, you know, I'm fully, now it's just me, baby. There's exactly. no one supporting me. There's no, it's just me. And it's like, do I believe in myself fully mm -hmm. to do this? And, uh, and I mean, you usually find out that, yeah, you do. It takes a lot of, it takes a lot of struggle and it takes a lot of, persistence and perseverance but it's always worth it in my opinion if it is what's in alignment with you amazing I love that thank you for sharing so authentically and I think that that's something that you really embody is like trusting whatever's in your heart and in your soul and and doing it like not you know I think that you mm -hmm. are very good at making things happen and I love that you took those moments of, of difficulty and distress and, and, and wonder and confusion and, and made it into something so special. And you really uh, allow that to be shown in your work. So I'm um, amazing. You actually answered like a few of my first questions. So that worked. Um, awesome. But <laughs> I, the next one I have, we're going to dive a little bit into... Um, astrology and a couple little questions like that. So if you're listening and you're new to astrology, um, the questions I have written out are ones that hopefully will help you and maybe are things that you're wondering. The first thing is what are your biggest do's and don'ts in terms of utilizing astrology for personal growth? Mm, yeah. This is a really good one. So a lot of people um, first get into astrology and they think it's the end all and be all. And that's a big mistake from the get go because, you know, it's a tool like every other thing. It's not God. It's not some thing that you have to believe in. It's a, it's actually a science. It's a system. It's, it's very mathematical. If you yeah. look at an astrology chart, you look at it, there's numbers, there's angles, there's, it looks you know, it's crazy. Very, it is look crazy. And it, it's because <laughs> it is so precise and scientific in that sense. So my biggest do is, you know, be very open-minded and realize that like, you know, I've been 
studying astrology for over five years now and and i still don't know shit mm-hmm. and and you're so don't ever feel like oh my god this is so much to learn or 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 also on the other side a lot of people are starting start to see this a little bit more and more with the kind of social media rise and tumblr astrology and all that kind of yeah. memes and everything yeah. where people think that they know astrology and they know they they're like they're pros now and it's like no you've been you know maybe looking at your chart for a year and and you got the co-star app or you've got yeah. you know you've been listening to me or an, another astrologer for a little while and you think you know it all and sorry you don't you know, it's a it's a never-ending system it's like i'm always learning new things every single day and i've been doing this for i mean not really that long in comparison to i mean i have a friend that's been doing it for two decades i've had another friend that's been doing it for four, 40 plus years you know there's Amazing. there's so it's never ending and the, and though that's the truth with any system with anything that you learn is that it you, you are always a student as much as you can be a teacher at times you're always a student. And um, so my biggest do is all, always be a student. Never stop learning. Um, don't listen to and base your whole understanding of astrology off memes. That's no, no. Okay. Until you get a good grasp of astrology. Yes, memes are funny. And I literally have a meme account you can follow. It's called The Odd Aquarian. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh I haven't posted it on it. I posted it today, actually. I'm, I'm starting to get it back because I had a little bit more time. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun. And and I well, my meme account's a little bit more educational than most, but it's still fun. Right. And, and that's a great way because one, it's getting more and more people into it, which I love because you know I don't like any of the snobby astrologers that are like, oh, you know, it's going so mainstream now. Like, what did you want it to be? Did you want it to be this underground movement? No. You know, it's supposed right. to be. It's a science, and it's supposed to be seen in that light you know uh like i i know for a fact that a lot of the royal families of the world use astrologers uh jp morgan has this really good quote and he says millionaires don't use astrologers billionaires do Mm. and that's the truth if you look at you know billion dollar corporations guarantee you their ceos are consulting with astrologers there's corporate astrologers astrology is a tool used by um people to grasp and understand our place within the cosmos and how we interact with the kind of collective energy as well as what the hell's going on with our own energy. So yeah, it's very important to continually be learning. It's important to never think that you know it all. Um, And it's also important to to not get overwhelmed either uh, by that. And and I feel like I've done a fairly good job at creating uh, and, and presenting astrology in a way where people are able to get it because I'm not a fan of the technical astrologers that just go on and on and on about, you know, the the little technicalities, the degrees and all that. It's like, okay, people don't care about that. People don't care about what it means to them, right? People want to know, okay, that's great that, you know, Uranus is in my 12th house conjunct Neptune, but like, what does that mean for me? You know, that's what's important. And, and, and so that's what I'm trying to do. And a lot of my good friends are doing, I'm actually going to be, uh, doing some upcoming live streams and collaborations with some other cool astrologers that are on the same wavelength, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, so never think that you know everything and also don't get too overwhelmed by it. Um, and make sure really pay attention to who you're listening to, to don't be investing in these, you know, I'm not saying don't invest in, in astrologers cause I, that's what I do for a living. So definitely invest in astrologers, <laughs> but make sure you, you know who it's coming from and make sure you know that it's a valid source because 
literally there's people getting ripped off of Twitter, of Instagram, of just these meme pages that are offering consultations that don't know shit. And then people um, are kind of in these like fear based, you know, paranoia about their signs about, you know, Oh, this person said me and my lover aren't compatible. Okay. This person didn't even look at your damn sinistry chart. So they have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. And you know, I could literally go off for hours on that shit, but it's, it's not really <laughs> that relevant. What's relevant is, is really understanding the, um, the just the significance of it it's a very important practice and it's it's a it is the science whether you know the mainstream calls it a pseudoscience now i guarantee you watch in 10 years like my friend right now david palmer leo king he is doing astrology on mainstream news channels now he's done one in phoenix arizona he's going to be doing a lot more regarding that and so it, it is becoming a lot more mainstream yeah i'm working with some bigger companies coming up soon that are going to be a lot more mainstream as well. So it's really, you know, it, it's revolutionizing and we're at the forefront of some really big shifts mm -hmm. happening uh, when it comes to that. So it's really think, exciting actually. Yeah. I think, I think we're at the forefront of a lot of things when it comes to, you know, spirituality and, and everything under the umbrella of spirituality. I think you saw my tweet actually, I tweeted about it because, um, this is a different tangent, but it just made me think of it. It's like when I started, my self-love coaching, which was a little less than a year ago, it was still really taboo to talk about spirituality. And I was quite nervous about it. And so I really filtered what I was sharing and I didn't talk about spirituality too much. Uh, it's really changing now and people are really oh, yeah. interested in these things. People want to know. People want to understand oracle cards and tarot cards and um, you know, understand the actual depth of astrology uh, yep. beyond the the memes in the cafe astrology and just your sun sign, right? I think that's exactly. really coming into fruition, which is which is super beautiful. Um, and I love what you said because we are continuously growing and learning. So same thing for me when it comes to self-love coaching. I don't become self-loving and that's that. <laughs> that's never exactly. happened. <laughs> you know, I, I work on it every single day because it's continuous and I learn more every day. So yeah, I exactly. think that and that's the most important understanding specifically and, and, and trait that you want to look for in anyone who's in any type of leadership role, in any type of teacher mm. role, coach role, mentor role, whatever. Because if you are, quote unquote, learning from someone who believes that they know everything and that they mm. are, you know, quote unquote, holier than thou, you know, <laughs> it's not, you don't want to be learning from these people. Yeah. Uh, because point. eventually, one, you're going to transcend them really quickly mm -hmm. because just the willingness to learn, just the willingness to change and the willingness to evolve and learn more than you already do makes you way more susceptible to information than someone yes. who believes that they they know it all so so that's very very important and it's it's a fabulous trait to embody and that's why i truly believe that you're i mean you are already successful but it's Aww. just going up oh i love you you know that <laughs> I love you too. okay this is a quick one what's your sun yeah. moon and rising my sun moon and rising oh you guys are gonna know everything about me oh now, no huh? oh, oh no <laughs> i announced it publicly and i don't give a shit my sun <laughs> is in aries my moon is in cancer and my rising or my ascendant is in pisces amazing um yes. okay cool so then What's your sun, moon, and rising? Oh, and <laughs> yeah. I have an Aquarius sun, a Scorpio moon, and a Gemini ascendant, and I'm going to use that to impress you. I'm kidding. 
(laughs) (laughs) And you already know that, you know, Will actually, Will actually um, did a synastry chart on Tanner and I, and um, just a quick one. It was so cool. We watched it together. And, you know, Tanner's a cool little skeptic sometimes. And he was like, this is so accurate. (laughs) I know. I know. Oh, I know. I could tell by his chart. I was laughing at it. I think I said something about that. You did. Well, you also got him so on point with the, um, he's such a hard worker. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for others. And like, you just, he got it really well. So if you're in a relationship and looking to, um, like, get a reading about your astrology, but a really in depth one, Will's awesome because, you know, he really shocked both of us. <laughs> and it yeah. also, like, lights up the ego a little. Like, you're like, oh, someone's talking about me. It's kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> if you're, if you're very new to astrology, I definitely recommend doing your own natal chart first so we can dive a little bit deeper. You get yeah. Grasp on that, and then we can get into synastry because you know it, it really makes more sense when you know yourself and you know, and your partner knows themselves, or you know your partner uh, before yes. you start to compare. Definitely. Um, but yeah, no, I do offer that via my website, uh, astrum.as.me, baby. Awesome, it's all going to be in the show notes too. Sweet. Um, oh, yeah, okay, so connecting to that, can you give just a mini explanation of the sun, moon, and rising signs? Yes. What the meaning is. So most people are familiar with their star sign or their sun sign, which is your, your month that you're born. You know, I'm an Aries or you're, a, you're an Aquarius or he's a Gemini or whatever. That, that's what we're most familiar with. You know, you've seen it in Cosmopolitan magazine or, you know, you've read your horoscopes online and that's yeah. what you look at. So your sun really represents uh, your, your, your ego. It represents your personality. It represents kind of the, the, the core basis of who you are. Now, it's not necessarily the side that you show to the world. So this is why people get tripped up when they read horoscopes because they're like, that's me? No, that can't be me. So your rising sign or your ascendant is basically the face that you show to the world, how you appear to others. I mean, physically, it rules your appearance, you know. Um, We can very much tell once you get into astrology that Rihanna is a Gemini rising. That's very (laughs) prominent. Um, in the way that you look and the way that you interact with other people. Um, yes. And likewise, I'm very much look like a Pisces rising in that Piscean energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're rising in your, AKA your ascendant there, you know, they, they kind of coincide now. They are slightly different, but that's a whole nother uh, topic. But for now, in your basis of understanding, they're the same damn thing and don't get confused. Um, and, and it basically is, yeah. I call it the mask that you put onto the world. I also say it's kind of like the makeup that you decide to wear. So it's like how I want to be seen as and and what I desire to be uh, when it comes to my place in the world. Now, on a kind of higher, more spiritual level, your ascendant represents your kind of where your soul is is stepping up into. It represents kind of the quote-unquote ascension process. It's like, okay, what, what... do I need to embody in order for me to get to the next place, whatever that means to you? Um, so it really is a lot bigger than just, you know, how I look and, and how I appear to be. But for the basis of that, it's important to really grasp that first. And then 
the emotions and how you affect your emotional self. And, and, and basically, it's like the filter in which you express and experience and feel emotions. Um, and then again, on a more spiritual level, your moon sign really represents um, the kind of subconscious conditioning that you're learning to transcend because the moon represents our home and it represents home life and family life growing up. And, you know, it, it really represents what we're, what we're learning to, to transcend the you know, kind of old habits that we're learning to get rid of. So for example, Rihanna's moon is in Scorpio and part of the subconscious conditioning that she's learning to transcend in this lifetime is judgment and learning how to let go of the kind of um, Scorpio is kind of the, the end of the ego but it can kind of turn into the spiritual ego if it's in that unconscious zone. But the higher conscious is realizing that I have an ego, I need to love my ego and respect the judgments that come up, but not kind of resonate completely with them, just observe them and detach from them. And also, you know, big lesson that Scorpios learn in this lifetime, and specifically when it comes to the moon sign, is learning how to let go when it comes to relationships, when it yeah. comes to uh, partnerships, and when it comes to what you perceive as quote unquote love, mm-hmm. uh, you know, un- learning unconditional love and really learning what that means and learning mm-hmm. how to, you know, not be so controlling. And, you know, the, the unconscious side of Scorpio is manipulative and yeah. controlling, but the super conscious is, you know, very aware and very uh, self aware and very, very committed to that which you love and that which you desire. So, these are positive things, but you, again, you have to kind of work with what you've got. And that's the fun part about astrology is, you know, you figure out what you've got to work with, you figure out where you got to go and, and you kind of do that and you navigate along this beautiful existence wow. in, in that way. Amazing. You're going to like this next question because it Great. just it ties right in. But, you know, I've noticed people tending to use the shadow parts of their sign as ways to justify their behavior. So, for example, a Scorpio moon will be like, oh, I'm just a bitch because I'm a Scorpio. Deal with it. Yeah. Um, you know, and you see that a lot. And it's not even a stereotype. Like, they, they, no. I see that often. Yeah. You know, and I believe the opposite. And I believe it should be used as spaces for growth, right? So, for example, like what you were just telling me, um, which is amazing because right when you started saying it, I was like, hit me with it. Give me it. You know, I love it. Um, so for example, if something that tends to be a, oh no, I like this one. Okay. With my Aquarius sun detached, right? They tend detached, to be detached, yeah. right? I don't yeah. believe in just, just, okay. So I'm detached now. It's like, no, how can how I? I am. Right. I don't know. Fuck that. I'm going to learn how to connect more, connect deeper, which really, let's say with the Scorpio moon, I really do connect on a really, really, really deep level with people. And I'm really emotional about it. Um, So I don't believe in just letting these things be justifications for my behavior. So what are your thoughts on that, really? Yeah. So, I mean, the kind of esteemed psychologist Carl Jung really talked about this. And he said that Astrology is a fantastic tool for diving into your subconscious, your archetypal makeup, basically the mm. kind of, he saw astrology as the cosmic archetypes, which make up the universe and make up each and every one of us, uh, which is very accurate. And it's definitely in alignment with how I see it. But he, uh, one thing that he also said is that it's pretty much useless and potentially even destructive for those who are not open-minded, for those who are 
feel uh, basically that they are limited by these said archetypes as opposed to using these as powerful tools to further empower you, which is what astrology is all about. Uh, and this is why, I mean, for example, on Twitter, I'm blocked by a lot of astrology accounts <laughs> yeah. because I call people out on their shit. <laughs> and I don't like that. I don't like this archetype and this, this kind of paradigm that says <laughs> I am this, so I must be this. And it's like, no, that's not how it is. You astrology, and this is something that people really need to grasp. Yes. Astrology is not the how, it's the what. Mm. So it's, it's not how, because how you deal with your archetype is up to you. It is the what. It is the what you are given. This is what I'm given. This is kind of my, and you know, some will call it fate, some will call it whatever. I'm kind of, I don't have a say really in that because I, I believe that we all create our own realities and, and that's the way that it is. But I also do believe that we, you know, did create our natal chart. We chose our placements. We chose the exact minute, yeah, the exact second we came into mm -hmm. this motherfucking world. So, yeah. you know, uh, so in a sense, you know, that is kind of what we've been dealt. That's what we've given ourselves. So you do have to quote unquote deal with, you know, what you've got. But again, you're not bound by it. And this is mm -mm. where the kind of skeptics and the people that are opposed or call it pseudoscience like to say, they're like, oh, you know, this is, this is just blah, blah, blah. This is not accurate. This is, you know, this is a load of shit because I'm, I'm not just this. It's like, no, yeah. first of all, the people that are saying that usually have never had their natal chart read. Uh, they are just going off of cosmopolitan horoscopes yes. <laughs> and know nothing about astrology. Uh, but, but simultaneously, you know, the, the danger also lies in people that are resident of astrology, but use it to justify uh, their own shit and, and, and justify and basically escape doing the deep inner work, which astrology really is a tool for providing us with. Um, a, a, I call it the blueprint because it yes. is, it's a, it's a map for our own psyche, for our subconscious, for our, for our, our, our kind of soul, basically, that allows us to have an introspective sight into, you know, what makes us up. Oh, okay. You know, I can see that, you know, for example, Mars is a planet of our aggression. It's a planet of our sexuality. You can tell a lot of how people create, how people have sex, how people um, get angry with this placement. So by looking at it, it's not saying that, oh, I only get angry in this way, or I only can have <laughs> sex in this way. It's like, no, but these are your natural tendencies. These yeah. are kind of how the natural patterns are. It's like, okay, you know, you can, you can fight what you are. And, you know, to some extent, you can run away from that. And, and you can create whatever you want to create. But at the end of the day, you are what you are as well. You know, you are limitless, of course, and you are an infinite being. But at the same time, you are you. You are the kind of unique version of you. Osho has this really good quote that says, you know, we are, there's no comparison. There's no comparison. And I'm totally paraphrasing, but it, it, we're not, there's nothing to compare. It's like mm -hmm. we are each unique. We are each individual. It's not one is better than the other. I am right and you are wrong. It's like there is literally no comparison whatsoever mm -hmm. because I am Duality. on my journey. I am mm -hmm. on my process and you are on your process mm -hmm. and you are on your journey. So there's no, there's no real, like, there's nothing to compare. It's like, oh, how can I compare? Um, this lake to this lake. I mean, you could really break it down if you wanted to do that, but what would be the point? It'd be a waste of time. You could just sit, you should just sit there and appreciate the damn lake. <laughs> Enjoy you know? the goddamn Enjoy lake. the view. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy the view. It's like, oh, this part of the beach 
<laughs> looks better. This gives me a better view of the ocean than this part of the beach. It's like, you're still looking at the damn ocean. You're still on a damn beach. You're still <laughs> at the same damn place. Like, you know, if you want to go around, oh yeah, you know what, this, this angle, it really, okay, go ahead and do that. Have fun, buddy. But like, you're just wasting your time. Like, it's not, mm. to me, you know, comparison is, is really not worth it. And, and that's what a lot of people do when, when they kind of go into the shadow side of their uh, zodiacal archetypes is they like to say, you know, well, this, I knew a Scorpio once. This, this is my, this is my favorite thing to call out and to, you know, trigger people with is just because you've had two Scorpio X's doesn't mean that they're all assholes. Right. You know, or they're all <laughs> cheaters or they're all, see that. Uh, they're all, you know, aggressive or whatever, yeah. whatever comparison you want to give to them. Now, after a while of seeing like literally hundreds and hundreds of charts, you start to make some common analysis and common comparisons, yeah, sure. but it's never a fixed uh, thing. It's like, I don't ever have one perspective of Scorpio. I have a general kind of, uh, viewpoint of Scorpio from what I've seen within myself, from what I've seen within other people, my Scorpio friends, uh, Scorpio placements, looking at different signs, how they compare and how they're manifested too. Because again, every these are just archetypes. There's no right or wrong. It's not, you know, uh, Aries are great and, you know, Cancers are, are shit or, or Geminis are annoying and, you know, Aquariuses are, are cold hearted bitches. It's like, no. You know, maybe you've had some experiences with people like that, but that's every person, every yeah. sign, you know, it's like you go through the whole world and it's like, what was the likelihood that you're going to meet someone that's an asshole? It's like, I you know, know, pretty, pretty likely to be honest. It doesn't matter what their Zodiac sign is. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of judgment that goes towards, and you have to remember these are archetypes. It's like, it's like you are putting your, uh, basically preconceived vomit on these archetypes and labeling these as as facts and that's not true archetypes are these kind of categories in which we perceive reality in which we perceive ourselves and then we can see the positives and the negatives the the different polarities within that and notice you know okay maybe i can see myself being a little bit of a hot-headed aries sometimes and that's okay i embrace (laughs) that part of myself and then other times I can really see myself, you know, being the, the leadership and the pioneer archetype of Aries as well. So it's like, it, it's never a one and done. It's never a fix. This is what you are. This is what you're cursed with. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe to some extent, but it's what you're dealing with. It's what you're going through. And it's, you're going to have to go through it, whether you're aware of the astrology or not. Right. I just say that astrology is like the lantern. It's like, you know, you can walk around in the dark and yeah, you know, you may find your way and you may, you know, make have a few bumps along the road. You may, you know, trip and fall and all of that. Or you can have a light and, you know, get to where you need to be in a lot, a much easier way, in a, in a much more clear and, and usually more rapid way if you're doing it right. Yes. And I think, you know, ultimately it's up to you what you want to do with the cards you've been given, right? Always, always. always. Even the information, like when I do a reading, it's like, okay, you know, I give someone a consultation. Now, what they do and, go, and what they go and do with that, that, that information is up to them. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I, I just tell you what I see, what I interpret, what is, what is prominent to me and what, kind of what you're going through if, if we're doing transits and stuff. But really, it's like, okay, what do you do from there? Like, and I don't, and that's kind of why I stopped my first business of doing uh, tarot and all of that because I just kept getting so many people that would come to me with the same issues and they, they would just want basically me to tell them what they wanted to hear. 
Yeah. And that's not <laughs> how it works. It's like, this is a tool for self-realization. This is a tool for alignment and helping you grow um, archetypally, emotionally, spiritually, energetically, physically, right. in all ways. And that's not so, always going to look good or look pretty. <laughs> no, sometimes it's going to be nasty, but at Usually. the same time, it's like, it, it, yeah, it, it's never, I mean, for me, at least I, I never want anyone to walk away from a consultation feeling like shit you should always feel empowered this is again right. it's a tool to help you along your soul's evolution it's not something that is like here's what's going on for you this is exactly what i think these are egotistical astrologers that honestly don't deserve to be called astrologers in my opinion mm. because they're not assisting people they are mm. implanting fear into people like oh my gosh you know you shouldn't get into a relationship like yes obviously there's days that are worse and, you know, the cosmic currents aren't necessarily flowing for you on those days and that you might have to, you know, put in a lot more effort to whatever, go on a date this day if that's what you really want. But if you really want it, you're going to have it at the end of the day. So, you know, astrology just helps guide us through this experience. It's not a one and done. It's not, you know, if you do this, you are cursed or, you know, don't like, for example, this is actually a funny example because this is an exception to that. But yesterday in the States, um, that guy Beto, Beto O'Rourke, he's running for the Democratic Party for 2020. Uh -huh, he I just made an announcement. Yeah, 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 whatever. I don't really follow politics Got that either. much. But I just saw that, that he made this announcement saying that he's running, which from an astrological perspective was the dumbest thing you could ever mm. do. He did it on during Mercury retrograde period. You should mm. never really make announcements during Mercury retrograde periods, like big ones at least. And also uh, with the moon in Gemini, which was in a direct square, he's like a Libra. He's got a bunch of things. That, <laughs> uh, so I really don't think he'll win at all. Uh, but we'll see about that. I could be wrong. Who so knows? Funny. <laughs> I'll be, that would yeah. be so funny to see if that comes out true. That's really it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I would probably bet money that he would win, to be honest. That's amazing. I yeah. love that. I, you know, I think – in simple terms, like you said, it's just another tool for self-realization. And, mm -hmm. and you have to take everything. When you want to be on a journey of self-growth, you have to see your shadow part. You have to see your defects and love yourself for your defects and, and, and see your experience and, what, and, and you know, light up what it is that really lifts you up and makes you better, et cetera. And you know, for example, before we move on to like some relationship stuff, I'm I remember starting to learn about like rising signs and I was like looking mm -hmm. into my Gemini rising and it checked the fuck out because, mm -hmm. um, you know, when I was younger, it, you know, my, what, what life really looked like was I was living in a dingy one bedroom apartment with no food. Um, my dad was a monster of a drug addict. My mom couldn't <laughs> keep up with anything. Um, mm -hmm. she was, you know, being deeply abused and affected by that. And I, was just kind of dying inside and I was um, a drug addict. And what you saw was I wore pink every day and I made YouTube videos about makeup and fashion and hair. <laughs> and I put on this whole persona and that's what everyone saw. And I was this happy-go-lucky girl and I never had a bad moment. And so I was like looking into, and I'm sure like you'll have some thoughts on it, but um, that sort of I guess you could say the two-faced stereotype almost and like putting out this facade to the world and that Gemini really played out. And it was so awesome being who I am today because it's like, 
I'm in alignment. So whatever's happening is what you see and who I am is what you get. And um, I'm not Mm -hmm. afraid of that anymore. Uh, But that was something that was really cool for me looking into like the rising sign. Definitely. Yeah. And that's that's very prominent, very accurate and mutable risings. You know, we're people that tend to go with the flow when it comes to social Mm -hmm. environments. So we're able to very much adapt ourselves and kind of, you know, blend ourselves into whatever situation and become whatever state we need to become in. Uh, So that's, that's what happens, you know, but Mm -hmm. no, that's, that's very cool. And very resonant. <laughs> um, okay. So I just want to move into the relationship stuff. And then there are some Let's questions for people. And if um, we want to use them at the end, we will. But um, I wrote, I said, communication. Let's fucking communicate about it. And I didn't yes. write. <laughs> so I love it. I was like, that's it. Um, but you know, Will and I are both very similar in our really huge belief on communication. Uh, Mm -hmm. and if you talk to either of us, we're going to say you need to check on your communication skills. And if that's not present in the relationship, the chance of it working out well is small. Um, the odds are against you. Let's just say that. Yeah. It's, it's so big. It's so important because if, if you lack the ability to communicate your needs, your desires, your wants, then the other person is never going to be able to meet you there. And then it becomes entirely your responsibility for getting upset that they're crossing your boundaries or whatever the hell they're doing um, because you never communicated it. And I talked about that, you know, in my boundaries podcast, that's your responsibility. Um, But I'm sure you're stoked on this. So you can just kind of riff off of whatever you want (laughs) this and we'll play around (laughs) yeah no it's it's uh it is ultimately the foundation to any relationship regardless of it's an intimate relationship familial business whatever platonic even if you can't communicate it's over Mm -hmm. it's like because the the main reason for this is communication is what establishes trust and without trust you can't have a relationship it doesn't work all relationships need Mm -hmm. to be built off of trust if they're built off of anything but trust, you are basically building on like what I would say a fucking volcano and it's just waiting to go off and eventually it will. And that's inevitable. It's really just a time game at that point. So it's like, you know, you can cling to this, this thing and say, Oh, you know, well, this is a nice spot, this volcano. It's great. You know, (laughs) I I like it where it is and let's not move our foundation anywhere. Mm. It's like, okay, well just wait. Okay. Cause it's (laughs) literally just a time game. It's going, um, but it's going to, and yeah. it always does. It always does. Yeah. It's always at the worst possible point. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you have a great experience and I would love to hear a little story from you about your past experiences with this. But for me, LOL, <laughs> this was, uh, this was the fundamental, which really kind of woke me up. And, you know, in the beginning we were kind of talking about my big awakenings was, that was a really big awakening for me when I mm. um, broke up with my uh, my one girlfriend at the time. And I, well, I realized that I hadn't really communicated a lot throughout our relationship. Like we, we of course we had a, a great, great time together and everything was fine and dandy on the outside, but on the inside, you know, we were unable to have really solid, firm communication. Um, it was always kind of, 
it, it would either be la di da and and you know ne- never really get to the the details like we would talk about spiritual things and all of that fun stuff but when it came to like the real kind of quote unquote roles in the relationship or talking about you know the the not so fun stuff to talk about it was just non-existent and until and then you start to feel the resentment build up because right. you know when you're not getting your needs met and you're not able to ask for your needs being met or or vice versa the resentment builds up and this is not even necessarily yeah. a conscious thing 99% of the time it's unconscious because one we just want our we just want to be happy and we want our partner yeah. to be happy yeah and it's cute and it's all it's like oh that's nice <laughs> but like guess what if, if you're not happy your partner's not going to be happy in the long run mm. because you have to you, one you are a direct reflection of your partner always mm. in every situation and so whenever people say i'm oh i was my toxic ex like really who's a toxic one yeah you know? ooh, good one yes who's a toxic one here because mm-hmm. guess what if you weren't in alignment with them you wouldn't be with them so yeah that's how it works i love that's a hard truth to swallow people don't like talking about that but that's that is the truth and you have to take full responsibility for that. You have mm-hmm. to take full responsibility for asking for – it's not my partner couldn't meet my needs. It's like, no, I didn't ask for what I needed. Boom. And then if you ask for what you need, then you really figure out, can my partner give me what I need? Mm. And that's when you make the, the, the right judgment. And sometimes your partner can't, and that's okay. You know, someone else is going to come along that mm. will be able to give you that. And, and that's what relationships are all about is, is being able to give each other what you need. And, and, and not be necessarily entirely dependent on that. But, you know, to say that uh, this is kind of the thing in the spiritual communities too, that, you know, I have to be whole and complete and I have to be fucking enlightened to have a relationship. Like, no, mm. no. Everybody comes to relationship with shit. Okay. Mm. This is a fact. And if you can't communicate, what that's going to do is you're going to pile up your shit. Your partner's going to pile up their shit. And then one day you're just going to have this vomit fest <laughs> where you're vomiting and shitting your yeah. conditions, your, your traumas, your bullshit all over each other. Beautiful. And it just, it's a never ending cycle after that point. So yeah, communication from the get go is important and having those, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but you should be arguing with your partner. You mm-hmm. should have arguments. You should have healthy mm-hmm. arguments. You should never go to sleep upset. You should never go to sleep uh, without resolving an argument. You know, and if you feel like you're in an argument and you know that it's just not going anywhere, maybe you do need to sleep it off and you maybe need to do, you know, spend some time and then come back and deal with it. That's okay too. But you can never fall asleep resentful. You can never go and and leave uh, your partner and not physically. Maybe you do like dump them. I don't know. But in that state of resentment, because guess what? It's just going to follow you. It's not going anywhere. We think that it's, oh, it's this person that is doing this to me. And people nowadays, they like to bounce around from relationship to relationship, carrying the same weight and the same damn trauma with them and wondering why they keep attracting the same types of people. And it's like, oh, my goodness, what a surprise, you know? Like, wow. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you. those Scorpios, you know, you better watch out for those people. Yeah. And it's like, no, it, it really does come down to you. And it always has been you and it always will be yes. you and your ability to communicate clearly with your partner and establish that trust. Cause without the trust, I mean, as soon as trust is breached, um, it's, it's, it's Hard. gone. It's yeah. gone. And it's very, very difficult to repair. It's not impossible. Uh, sometimes it is. I've seen it. A work. lot of times it's not, sometimes mm-hmm. it works, but I would say most of the time it's not the case. Once you I break agree. that trust, it's gone because first of all, what's stopping you from doing it again? 
other than your word, mm. which, I mean, once you break the trust, what is your word, you know? Mm. So you have to start down the foundation of that relationship, open, vulnerable, raw, trusting. And that's hard. It's very mm. difficult. It's not easy because one, you know, especially when we first dating someone, when we first meet someone, we want to show them the best parts of ourselves. You know, we want to show them who we are and, and we feel great about ourselves and that. We don't want to show them the shadows. We don't want to show them the ugly shit within us. You know, we don't want to talk about that. And rightfully so, you know, it's, it's very understandable, but at the same time, it's necessary to do. Now it's not just necessary to dump your fucking dramas and dump your bullshit on your partner. Yeah, there's a right? When you meet them, there is a line there. And mm -hmm. that's the difficult, you know, defining that line is as a whole other topic. But the best way to kind of understand that is you should never feel like you need to hide anything from your partner ever mm. whether it's your past whether it's your present or whether it's your future plans whatever you should you should never feel like i need i like i i couldn't possibly tell them because guess what you know what you say to that when that thought comes up you say why and that's the root answer right there because the answer to that will tell you what you need to express to your partner and and you really you need to get this down pat as early as possible in your relationship because otherwise, again, you're setting yourself up for failure. Mm -hmm. You're creating the, the ripple effect. And that's really what it does. It's, it's like compound interest. It just builds up. It doesn't, we think that, you know, not, you know, just, oh, I won't tell them about this one thing. Yeah, guess what? Then another thing comes along that you don't want to tell them about. Oh, I won't tell them about this one thing. Oh, mm -hmm. I won't tell them about this one thing. Oh. And then it just becomes this wave of this. And then all of a sudden, guess what? Cat comes out of the bag one time. And, yeah, I know. and then all of a sudden, boom, all the trust goes out the door. And you have no relationship, you have no foundation to stand on anymore. And that's, that's where it becomes very, very difficult to continue onward. Because once you break that trust with someone, like you, you pretty much have compromised the entirety of the sacred bond, which is what a relationship is. Yes. It's a bond that yeah. says, you know, I, I love and accept you as you are and you love and accept me as I am. And yeah, we're not perfect, but you know what? We're doing our best. And if we're not doing our best, well, I'm probably going to call you out on it and you can call me out on it. And that's how it works. <laughs> and, and maybe it won't always be pretty. Usually it's not when that happens, but it's still beautiful. And it still really helps us. Um, it, it helps us grow. And that's what it's about. And it helps us open up and, and be vulnerable and really honor our own selves and, and, yeah. and our, our personal journeys together. Yeah which is a fun part. You made like, I, I, everything, <laughs> um, you know, I can't really add anything. Cause I'm, I'm so, um, with you in terms of your beliefs on relationships. And, you know, I've had a lot of communication about that, especially when it comes to, um, taking responsibility for your actions. I remember that mm -hmm. was like one of the first things we connected on because people don't like it, you know, people no. don't like it. and I just went through no. an experience where, um, I, I revisited my narcissistic abusive relationship and it didn't go well. The revisit did not go well and except it ended really well because I'm, I'm a different person today, but I was, I always go through my part in situations. I write it down. I write down what is my part in this situation and my resentments towards this person. There was five. My part took up an entire page. Now, this is a narcissistically abusive person, right? But 
we always have a part in these situations. So when it comes to, you know, the way that communication did not serve me in a past relationship, it was because I was not utilizing it. And I think, you know, the biggest point there is, um, also though, if you're with a narcissist, which I want to talk about soon, just get out. It's not your, there's no way around it. (laughs) You can't communicate your way out of it. The only thing you can do is not communicate. Um, but really one of my biggest parts in it was that, maybe I would speak my truth and maybe I would call out a boundary, but do you think I upheld it? No, never. Um, the second they did it again, I was like, oh, whatever, <laughs> like, I'll just let them do it. And so that's another thing is what you're communicating. It is your job to uphold that. Um, and that was the one thing I wanted to touch on that I loved mm-hmm. that you brought up and it's, it really is all in you. And you know, with, with Tanner, like, I can't, I can't keep anything. I just don't even know how to keep anything from him. And that's because when I talk to him, I am so deeply vulnerable and so deeply honest. And the response I get from him is absolute love and understanding and a complete lack of any judgment that I always feel safe to do that. And I understand my own old traumas and how they affect me today. And then I can communicate to that, to that, that, that to him so that he doesn't feel that he has to take something personal. He understands, right? Yeah. There's a deeper. That's very important. It's very, very important because I mean, just as men, we tend to, you know, not be very great when it comes to constructive criticism. Yeah. It's hard. I know. It's very hard for us because one, we feel like, I mean, and this is, this is something that happens just in general, but when, when a, a woman, and, I mean, or a man, depending on what type of relationship you're in, but when your partner basically is explaining something that is upset with them or something that upset them, that maybe has really nothing to do with you. Yep. Um, what most men do is we say we feel offended by that and we feel like this is our fault and this is our problem because we want to fix it we want to make sure that our women or our our partner is the happiest person in the world and that that is our signal that we're doing a good job and when our partner comes to us saying this complaint or this thing and this is something that i'm learning very at the forefront in my relationship right now is is learning how to not take things personally and also just completely um hear them out and, yeah. and listen because that's what women want and that's what your partner wants is for you to just listen and just hold space and that's the role of the man and then the, and the divine masculine is to be the space holder for the feminine which is chaos to run free <laughs> and that's the beauty of it and, yeah. and once once you're able to do that it is such a beautiful sight as, as, and it yeah. could be like, you know, you could be crying, you could be screaming, you could be doing whatever, but there's something inside. Once you get out of the, 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 the mindset that this yeah. is my fault and you just see. Beauty that is that, yeah. You know what? Maybe it's not a pretty thing that they're expressing to you, or maybe it's like, you know, they, you feel like all people go through moments where they don't feel good about how they look or they don't feel good about. Love you as deeply as they love you and be able to express that to you in that way and, and be seen in that light 
there that just that amount of love is just so incredible mm-hmm. and it always brings me back to the present moment and allows me to be and to remember that usually it's nothing that I did sometimes it is and if it is then I have to you know take responsibility for that and that's a fucking hard thing to swallow <laughs> and a hard bullet to bite let me tell you I'm an Aries too so that's even harder but yeah. um but yeah at the end of the day you know you when you're able to hold the space for your partner in that way when you're able to just just listen and and in some cases just hold them as they express themselves to you or maybe they release an emotion or or a cry like uh tell you a little bit of personal story like uh uh, the other day not the other day it was quite a few weeks now but um chiron which is the planet of uh wounds and trauma and conditioning uh it was in the final degrees of pisces and the final degrees of pisces are the final degrees of the zodiac so this was releasing a pretty much a 10-year cycle uh, that we had, and this has happened uh, maybe a few, I want to say about a month ago. And, um, and, and that night that uh, that happened where Chiron went into Aries, which is the next sign that exact night. Uh, I mean, me and my girlfriend just had the most heart opening, um, talk and discussion. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was just so humbled to be able to hold space where it was like literally two hours of crying and just releasing oh, it. It was, it was incredible. Uh, it was incredible for me to watch and perceive this and do my and have done my own work because before that before I was able to hold space for uh, my partner I I had to go through an experience very similar by myself and hold space for myself and allow myself to just be vulnerable uh, by myself for myself um, which by the way is is how men process emotions you know we have to do it by ourselves we have to allow ourselves and kind of isolate ourselves in our quote-unquote cave yeah a really good book on this called men are from mars and women are from venus by john gray fantastic book Uh, everyone should read it Um, and it talks about the differences between genders and kind of it's very very important and how we speak different languages and how we uh, you know express ourselves differently and how we uh, heal ourselves differently and there's, there's many great great points but the basis is women, you know, are, he calls them the Venetians. They experience uh, the, the, the kind of release and the, the healing and the, 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 the transcendence of their, their, their not so great feelings by going out and by being with other women, by being with other Venetians and allowing uh, the community of them to kind of hold her through the process and release that and, and discuss that openly. Yeah. Whereas men, so we true. want to retreat into our own being and be around no one for a little while, figure our own shit out, and then come back into the world and then leave the cave. So these are very important processes because these are powerful, powerful archetypes. And once you understand them, I mean, your relationships take on a whole whole different meaning. You don't get offended. I mean, women, a lot of times in relationships get offended when they're when their man, you know, retreats and, and is just leaves all of a sudden and, and or just kind of has to isolate himself. And that's because he's dealing with shit and he doesn't want to seem weak. He doesn't want to be seen as, uh, you know, mm. the one who has problems. He wants to deal with them himself. And you have to respect that. You have to yeah, allow that to, to happen. And likewise, you know, uh, a lot of times when your partner is going through stuff, she wants to just express herself. And it may seem like she's coming at you and you have to realize that it's not you. She just wants to a nice place to vent. She doesn't want mm. you to solve her problems. This is a big one. <laughs> a lot of times men are like, well, let me tell you how to. No, 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 no. Don't ever do that. It's the worst <laughs> thing you can do in the moment. You can do that later on after you had a nice discussion. But 
if she wants to vent, let her vent and mm-hmm. let her express that because she doesn't want you to fi- fix that thing. You know, oh, you, she's like, oh, a good example of this, you know, oh, I had a shitty day at work, like, oh, blah, blah, blah. It's like a guy would probably say, well, why don't you quit? You know, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do this? <laughs> they don't want to hear that. Oh. They want you to hold space for them yes. so that they can just vent that out. And this is very, very important. And these fundamental archetypes, you know, masculine, feminine energy archetypes are very, very powerful because one, they exist within all of us. And we are all the embodiments of one or the other, the dominant embodiment. And once you learn that and learn the importance and significance of that, I mean, everything changes because there's such a uh, much finer grasp on the importance of your own embodiment, as well as being able to meet someone eye to eye as their own individual embodiment. Amazing. Again, you hit it on hit it on the head or the nail or the whatever the hell you just (laughs) you got it and um yeah men and men and women process emotions very differently and you know for me it's like like i said i have a lot of understanding of my past trauma so for example in my abusive relationship um he would use the word annoying and it really affected me because it was it was to get at me and it was it was to abuse me and so when tanner goes oh my god you're being so annoying right now he doesn't mean that. He doesn't mean he's not using that as as an avenue to get to me. He's yeah. genuinely being funny and silly and using the word. And so when it started to affect me because it was triggering old trauma, I was very skilled about the way I brought that up to him. I go, "Hey, like this actually has nothing to do with you. It's more just this word and I know that your intentions in using it are what the word means. Um, but because of this, because of A, B, and C, it makes me feel this way. I'm wondering if it's possible for you to meet me there with that. Um, and usually if, if, if they're a beautiful, um, you know, if they're a human being that really loves you for you, they're like, oh, I totally got it. Like he just of got course. it, right? And, and I think that it's very, the, the whole process of that, was essential the fact that one initially when you come to your partner with a problem you make sure right off the bat if again this is assuming that the issue is not about them and you really have to take some self-responsibility here because most of the time it's not you have to really realize that sometimes it is though and and that there's a different kind of way of processing uh that um but when that initial statement that I know this has nothing to do with you. Mm. And I really want you to understand that this has nothing to do with you. This is entirely me. However, it makes me feel this way. Now, an, a dumbass man who is unconscious and unaware of how to respond to that would probably say something along the lines of, well, why don't you try and feel this way or, or, or blah, 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 mm. and, and, and bounce the responsibility away. And again, because he's taking offense to mm. what you said. But when you're able to be a kind of uh, conscious individual and understand that, yes, it has nothing to do with me. And, and you don't necessarily have to say that it, this has nothing to do with you. But I'm going to tell you something, and it's a little cheat in relationships. <laughs> it means the world to yeah. us if you do. Because then we're not paranoid and we're not worried and we're not trying to improve ourselves and trying to fix our, our – our, like we're like, oh, well, what else, you know? What else mm-hmm. am I saying that is affecting you? Like, no, no, no. You have to make sure that right off the bat, we know as men, as this is especially prominent, that it's not our fault and that this is just something that you're dealing with. And then we can support you through that process by making yeah. the, the, the changes. And this is the kind of 
Now, I don't really believe in compromise in relationships because I don't think one should ever compromise oneself for the sake of the relationship. However, mm-hmm. I do believe in kind of um, what you would call delegations and, and having conversations mm-hmm. where you, you come to a common ground. And some people call that compromise, but compromise, you know, the, the kind Different. of the word of the meaning means sacrifice. And I don't believe mm-hmm. that's, that's necessarily true because it, it's like it, there's no no one loses and that's the important thing no one can lose in any because if you ever come to an understanding where one person loses and this is prominent throughout history through relationships you can see this through i mean this is why world war ii was started because when someone loses on the other side of some kind of delegation resentment is created and Mm. it does not go away it doesn't just wash away with time doesn't just disappear it builds up and so it's very, very important off the get-go. And another great book that everybody should read. Uh, I mean, I think you should read Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus first. But then if you're really loving that and you want to dive deeper into communication, check out Nonviolent Communication. It's a very, very great book. Um, and it discusses how to basically have the conversation that you just had. Where mm. it says, listen, I know it's not your fault. It has nothing to do with me. This is how I felt. This is how this kind of trigger made me feel yep. you know it's not yep. you making me feel this way yep. this thing outside of you and i yeah that made me feel this way and here's what i would like to happen and then from there you have that conversation with your partner mm. okay and then you know your partner from there can either say okay i will change you know what i'm what i'm doing and i will be more conscious of that and i will work with you on that or they might say that they can't do that and then you kind of have to cut, keep going back and forth until some resolution is made yeah you know now for something like as simple as saying as as being mindful of when you're calling someone annoying that's a little mm-hmm. bit simpler but yeah when it comes to you know for example if if you are like listen this has nothing to do with you but i really don't like it when you wear that green shirt you know <laughs> but that's his favorite green shirt it's like well you know you're gonna have to figure something out so maybe it's like when you're together, he doesn't wear the green shirt or whatever, you know, (laughs) but that's a whole different story. And it really just, it's very, very important in all forms of communication to never blame, to never point the blame on another person. Because at the end of the day, your issues with communication are related to you. And when you're able to communicate properly and when you know how, when you know how, Mm. everything flows and and, and you don't have issues. It really is magic. Yeah, it's magical. It's not easy, by the way. It's no. really not easy. Now, once you kind of get the hang of it, it becomes easier and easier. But it still is like every time. Every time I have an issue or or my partner has an issue, like and we have to talk about it and, and we do discuss it like, you know, and it's it's great because like we trigger each other and that's the that's the fun of it. Is yeah. like, you know, you, you, that's that's part of relationships and you yeah. gotta get over that. If you're not down if you're not down for that, don't be in a relationship. No. So. <laughs> because that's what relationships do they're they're catalysts for our personal evolution and that's the beauty of it yeah i love that um this is different how can we truly stop perpetuating limiting beliefs and rise to our greatest self mr will nichols how can we stop perpetuating our limiting beliefs and rise to our greatest self well the the kind of very basic simple premise to that is become mindful of what those beliefs are yeah and that is truly the first step that you need to take and and that's the most important step because without the awareness they're just going to keep going 
because beliefs are a subconscious process. Beliefs mm-hmm. are just thoughts that we have thought over and over and over again to the point where we believe them to be true. That's why they're called beliefs. So if we want to rewire our beliefs, if we want to reprogram our beliefs, we have to get down and real present with the thoughts that we're presently thinking. And once we do that, we kind of get a good, good understanding of our belief systems. And we get mm-hmm. a good understanding of what we believe to be true about everything. And a lot of times when you do the work like that, and, uh, you know, I, I used to have a program called the Ignition Program, and that's, it was specifically around reprogramming beliefs. Um, and that was something that we, we dived into is as soon as you become aware of your thoughts that you're thinking now, like just in this now moment, you get a real firm understanding of your beliefs and your beliefs create your reality. So what you see uh, in your mind right now, as you just tune in for a moment and, and really think about, you know, what do I believe to be true or what are the thoughts that are currently going through my mind? A lot of you are probably thinking that I'm not good enough or that, um, you know, I don't have enough money or that I don't, I don't have the perfect relationship or I'm not worthy of a good relationship or, um, you know, I, I feel like I don't love myself or whatever, whatever beliefs are going on in your brain right now. These, it's really important. And, you know, the, the easiest way to do that is to quiet your mind, which is what meditation is great mm-hmm. for and practicing mindfulness meditation and, and just be sitting with your thoughts and not judging the thoughts that arise instead seeing them as kind of the visual that I like to describe when I'm guiding people through this meditation is it's kind of like you're sitting on a riverbed and you're, you're, you're on the side of, of the river and you're watching this river flow in front of you and, and out in front of you, you see a leaf and that's your thought. You know, you're just looking at it. You're not saying what the fuck is that leaf doing in the water? Oh my God, I'm offended by this leaf in the water. <laughs> No, you're just, oh, that's a leaf. Okay. Oh, there, look, it goes down the stream. Okay. Oh, what's this? Oh, I see another leaf. Oh, this one's a little ugly. You know what? I don't know if I like that. Oh, but that's okay because he's moving down the stream. And you just keep wow. that process and that same mentality for your thoughts and it becomes a lot easier to, to see them. So that's the first step is becoming conscious and aware mm-hmm. of them. Now, the next step is the kind of reprogramming aspect. And you can't get rid of thoughts. Thoughts are mm-hmm. things that go away you have to replace your thoughts. So likewise, you can't get rid of neural pathways in your brain, but you can replace the neural pathways in your brain. And you can see this like a, if you look out into a big grassy field, right? And there's a, there's a path that people have walked along. And so that when enough people have stepped over it, it's a nice path that you can walk through. Now, who's to say you can't walk any other part along this grassy field? No one but your mind, no one but you. So if you choose to do that, you know what, the first... Uh, the first trip along this new path that you pave is going to be a little bit difficult. It's going to be, it's going to feel a little weird. It's going to be uh, difficult to walk. You know, you're going to be going through some bush and it's going to be like a lot of kind of resistance. It's going to feel like, but the more that you do it, the more you walk along this new path, the more you implant this new thought, the more you activate this new way of thinking, the easier it becomes. And then all of a sudden that old path eventually it starts to grow over again and it starts to not be used so much. And then start, people start to take this new path that you've been, uh, that you've been creating for yourself. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're no longer thinking these negative thoughts. You're yeah. thinking these positive thoughts that you've created for yourself. And this is really essential uh, because one, 
you have to be aware of, of the thoughts that are going on in your mind. You have to be aware of your limiting beliefs. You have to be aware of what you believe to be true about your present reality. And then from that point, you have to make a choice. You have to say, I can keep thinking these things or I'm going to choose to choose new thoughts. I'm going to choose to think new thoughts. And it's difficult at first because, it, like I said, it's the bush. It's like you have to kind of pack your way through and you have to, that's where persistence comes in and really dedicating yourself and reminding yourself every day. And this is where affirmations are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Writing down your goals and writing down, you know, the, the, the new thoughts and the new beliefs that you want to write. Down. I also recommend that everybody um, read the book, uh, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay fantastic book that talks about affirmations and stuff like she cured her cancer and addictions and stuff with affirmations. Whoa. It's crazy. Amazing. Yeah. So, you know, very, very powerful because affirmations create new neuropathways in our brain and mm -hmm. new neuropathways are what allows the thoughts to become beliefs. And so you're, you are not limited by your beliefs at all ever. Um, you know, you are limited by your own mind who, believes who has a limiting belief that you are limited by your beliefs <laughs> which is the irony but you're not in any way shape or form it's very much a uh, it, it has to become a conscious thing though that's the difficulty people yeah. like to think oh well why can't i just think new thoughts because guess what you know you've had years and years and years of thinking negative thoughts of thinking these limiting beliefs of thinking these lack beliefs that are out of alignment with you so you think that overnight they're just going to magically do it because you thought it once no way no way it's persistence and that's really the key to at the end of the day you know the best advice that i could ever give anyone is just keep at her it doesn't it doesn't it's not an overnight process healing is never linear uh it's always moving you know it's actually spiraling you know we tend to it's a you can choose an upward spiral or a downward spiral that's up to you but the upward spiral is, you know, you're going to go back and revisit those thoughts. You're going to go back and revisit those beliefs. You're going to go back and revisit those old traumas and the pain and, you know, maybe even relationships. And, and from that place, you can really more strongly affirm the new and the, the opposite of that and the, the, the new desires that you have because you are only limited by your own mind. That's it. No one else in this world is holding you down. No no gender, no race, no social situation, no financial situation. Nothing is holding you down other than your own mind. And with persistence and training and dedication to uh, the reprogramming of your own uh, belief systems and the repaving of those beautiful neural pathways in your brain, you can create that change within yourself relatively uh, easy over time. Hmm. Amazing. Yeah. I've been, um, one thing I've really been looking at lately is my limiting money beliefs. And, mm -hmm. you know, I started with going back to childhood and what in my childhood, what kind of creates, what, okay. What kind of beliefs were created in my childhood? Super interesting. I wrote the story. It's like, what is my money story? And it wasn't yep. super pretty. And so looking at how that has created current beliefs in my life was that awareness part Will just talked about and knowing what they are. You know, what what do I think about money? What do I think about making money? Um, all of these things and knowing their root is really powerful too, knowing where it started, where it came from. And then looking at what I want to believe and 
turning that into affirmations. I think affirmations are the littlest gold nugget nugget of absolute change. Like they can't, like you said, they are so powerful and so simple. Every girl in my coaching starts with affirmations because, um, you know, self-love is a lot of negative beliefs about the self. So you just turn it around and exactly. You know, and I think it is so it's like it's like in that moment when you when you become aware, then you can hear that limiting belief in your head. So it's your job when you hear it to go to pause and then switch it. So if it's I hate myself right now, I don't look good. It's like, "Mm, okay, that was a negative belief. I'm going to pause and I'm going to go. I love myself so much. I look amazing and just shifting Mm -hmm. it. And in the beginning, you're going to feel weird too. You're going to feel it's it's called cognitive dissonance because what's happening is there's you're you're used to this one neural pathway firing in your brain. This pathway says, I look like shit. I don't feel good about myself. Now, when you are running this new neural pathway that says, I am good. I am beautiful. I am divine. I am am love. I love myself. These two neural pathways are going off at the same time. So your brain has this like, ah, ah, what's going on? Which one should I choose? And that's where persistence comes in is you have to keep repeating them. You have to keep up the work. And this is, you know, essential that you do it because otherwise what happens is you can start a new neural pathway. Like you can do, you can, know, you can walk that trail once, but again, if you walk that trail once and then go back to the other trail, the trail that you just walked is going to grow over again. And that's just how it works. So it's always persistence when it comes to the neural pathways and, and establishing those new belief systems because it's not an overnight thing. Mm. It's not a one and done thing. And even when, you know, you think you've mastered it or you think you, you no longer have those things, they're going to come <laughs> up again. And now the good part is the more that you become aware of your mind and the more that you become aware of these uh, beliefs and actually start to tune into them, the easier it becomes for you to hear it and for you to notice it. Uh, now, people kind of, you know, take a little bit of a negative approach when they do this because they're like, well, I'm hearing it more and more. I thought I was doing better. It's like, no, no, no. This is a good thing. You know, you're hearing yep. it more and more. Now you're aware of it yes. more and more. This was going on the whole time, my friends. Mm. You know, this was happening the whole time. Now you're just conscious of it. This is a different story. And and it can be frustrating that. when we first make that stuff conscious because it's like, oh, my God, I thought I never had this problem. Or I didn't think I thought I had really great beliefs around money. And I thought I really had great beliefs around, uh, you know, my relationships or, or whatever, my self-love and all of that. And then all of a sudden, all these beliefs come up because, and once, once you trigger one, too, then you start to hear the others and you start to notice the others. And there's never just one. There's always <laughs> lots uh, that are, you know, they like to kind of be in clusters of oh, yeah. different thoughts. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's the way awesome. it is. And it is persistence. That's key. I agree. Um, what is your take on how self-love applies to relationships? We've only it's got everything. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. It's really everything. Yeah. Uh, without self-love, you can't have relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you need that. That is the foundation that we were talking about before. Agreed. It is trust, but it really is self-love. That's even beyond that because you can't have trust without self-love. Mm. You can't have true trust without self-love. Self-love is a foundation for everything because like I said, your partner is a reflection of you. Your mm. relationships are reflections of you. And people are going to say, well, how is my narcissistic partner or my abusive partner reflection of, of me? It's like, first of all, we all have darkness within us. We mm. all have that within us. We all have the potential for that within us. Mm. Just because we're not acting on that does not mean that it's not within us. And part of embracing our shadow means embracing that side of ourselves. And that is truly what self-love is. It's embracing the entirety of your being. Mm. 
Mm. The good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. Mm. And that's the hard part because it's easy to love, you know, oh, you know, I, I someone told me I, I, my face is attractive. Okay. Oh, well, I, it's easy to love my face, but now, <laughs> okay, well, what about the other aspects of yourself? You know, someone told me I was an arrogant prick. It's like, okay, well, maybe I am a little bit pompous sometimes. Maybe I need to tone it down a bit. So it's becoming, it's learning to love those sides of yourselves. And from that, you know, make positive changes that affect you in a positive way. Uh, and, and self-love really provides you with a lot of stability too, because you don't, you don't blame your issues on another when you have self-love. Self-love really allows you to take, because it, it, it really is self-responsibility. They go yeah, yes. anonymous in my opinion. And, and, when you have that, you're able to take self-responsibility and that is key. And that is ultra key to one, embracing all parts of yourself, but then also being able to now, once you love yourself, you can now love your partner because mm. you can't love your partner in their entirety. If you don't fully love yourself, you're just going to get triggered by them. You're going to get triggered. Even if they love themselves totally and completely, and they're the perfect being in the world, you will not be able to love them wholly and completely because you do not love yourself. It is the foundation and the fundamental to everything. No, you don't have to be whole and complete. No, you don't have to be some perfect enlightened guru to have great relationships, but you do have to love yourself and yeah. you do have to communicate absolutely and positively clearly and, you know, do the work. And it's not pretty all the time. Sorry, but it, <laughs> it is. And, you know, that's the kind of, that's the fun of it though. It, it is. It, it, yeah. it, you should be triggered in your relationships. You should be triggered. You should have a partner that challenges you. You should not have a yes man or a yes woman as your partner. You should have someone who empowers you and wants the best for you and challenges your opinions, challenges your viewpoints, challenges your perspectives, and, and gives you, uh, you know, positive and real honest feedback to mm. your questions, your, your comments, your observations, and all of that. And this is the fundamentals. And you got all that you're going to have great relationships. Amazing. You actually answered one of my last questions was the, um, your top three needs for a healthy relationship. And you totally just gave us some. So what we're going to do is I'm just going to give you a couple questions from people that listen to my podcast and we'll um, start wrapping it up from there because you have given so much value to this episode today. And I feel truly lucky to have you here and lucky for the people that get to listen to this um write notes save this one because <laughs> like i said he's a man of a lot of wisdom and has had a lot of experience and he's someone i really look up to and um as a friend of mine he really pushes me <laughs> and it's um, <laughs> super scary but it's beautiful so um you know take take everything he says to heart one of the questions is, how does astrology have an effect in relationships and can the negative effects be fixed? You may have touched on this a little bit, but um, anything you mm -hmm. have to that? Yeah. So, I mean, in astrology, when we compare relationships, it's called the synastry chart. I actually just did a little workshop on that. So yep. if you're familiar with astrology and you want to dive a little bit deeper into that, you can definitely go check that out. Um, but synastry is basically comparing two natal charts and that's how we look at relationships. But really you know astrology gives us again like i said it's the map so it really does help us a lot in relationships i mean you you heard just that little brief overview mm. of what i uh, you know shared with yours and tanner's chart during yeah. my uh, case studies in that workshop 
yeah by the way if you want to learn about rihanna and tanner i did the little brief in my that was my workshop so you can go check that oh, out oh no um, <laughs> but yeah i did two case studies uh in there and, and so relationships are really you can see a lot through the astrology you can see how you need affection you can see how your partner needs affection you can see how you communicate you can see how you give love you can see how you receive love you can see what your sex life is like you know to some extent and you can you can really see how your brain works and how compatible you are yeah. uh, now again there's no such thing as true incompatibility it's a load of shit um so yeah cool. the, the, the quote-unquote negative sides anything can be worked you know some but some people they work well together naturally you don't have to do put in as much work as other people do mm. and that's just the way that all relationships work some relationships you know you got to work a lot harder to get on the same level. Um, but if you, if you really want it, then it'll work. Other relationships, there's kind of a natural weird, whether you call it soulmate or karmic kind of weird energy where you just blend together and you just are magnetized and stuff. And you know, that can be seen all through astrology, but it can also really give you a lot of insight into, um, yeah, like the strengths and weaknesses that each of you share. And that's yeah. the most empowering thing I believe. And that's what I love doing uh in a in sinistry charts is being able to to show you you know the strengths and weaknesses of yourself the strengths and weaknesses of your partner and how you can complement each other and how you can trigger each other and, and how you kind of deal with that all of that energy which is very very important and, and it is uh it's a great thing to know and it's a great thing to understand but you are in no sh way shape or form limited by your quote-unquote negative sides unless you choose to be mm. that's all your choice I love that. Yeah, I remember you were talking about how uh, I really show up for Tanner in the way of showing him that that deeper, uh, more emotional, spiritual aspect of things. And, and he's able to really show up for me in kind of like the more, um, I guess you could say earthy things, like the, the work things, the making mm -hmm. shit happen, and how we complement each other in that way. And it's so true. And yep. It's like that was one of the most accurate things you said. And like him needing to chill out a little more and me needing to work a little more. I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like yeah, so true. Uh, he never stops moving. He's always moving and doing something. And I oh, yeah. not like that. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's super interesting and a great tool. Uh, you know, the next question we have is how to have astrology guide me through everyday life, how to look for it, learn from it and understand it. I really like that question. Yeah. So, I mean, the best thing that you can do is, uh, I mean, getting a, an astrology session from someone who is credible. I mean, yeah. I would consider myself credible and there's many other great astrologers out there too. Really gives you a deep insight into your own chart and having someone break it down for you. And especially if you have a recording or you have a copy of it, if it's a written one where you can just go back and cause you're going to, you're going to have the experience, the consultation, the session, whatever. And then you're going to, you're going to notice after those things have been said, you're going to notice those archetypes within you. And that's when the real magic happens is being able to see the aspects within you and see how this applies to you. Cause I could just sit there for hours and spill out information. But if you don't know how to apply that to yourself and you're unable to apply it to your own self, it's going to just go in one ear and out the other. So it really, you know, astrology, the easiest way for you to learn to understand it and grasp it is by uh, getting someone to guide you through that and by learning yourself, by looking at your own natal chart, learning how to read it. Um, I'm finishing up actually right now a kind of astrology 101 course that will be out probably towards the end of March. 
And uh, that really gives you the basis of everything. So, cause I get questions in my inbox and DMS and stuff all the time about just basic, basic stuff that anyone could Google, but they <laughs> want to hear it from me. So I made the course and, and so that's coming out as well. Um, but yeah, the, the easiest thing to do is to, I mean, there's a great app that you can get. I mean, I use a couple, but uh, time passages is a great beginner's app that you can use to look at your own natal chart. And um, I think it's like 99 cents to buy your whole chart or whatever. I've got the pro for my readings and stuff, but um, yeah, you, you don't really need more than that. And if you are interested in that, then you can get the upgraded version and stuff like that. But to, to, to begin with, to just read that, they have like little mini, um, little mini blurbs on, on each of your aspects, which are really cool. Cafe astrology is, you know, it's a, it's a good starting point, but it, you don't rely on it too much because it is very, very basic and, you know, another generalized. Book, yeah, 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 yeah. Super generalized. And I, I, you know, call them out all the time on that bullshit. But um, <laughs> <laughs> another great book is called the only astrology book you'll ever need. And I recommend you guys go and get that too, if you're very interested in astrology. Um, because it's a great kind of resource. It's like my Bible that I, I have. Even when I'm trying to like articulate something and I'm having a difficult time doing it, I'll go back and just look at that and get some, it'll just trigger things within me. Because remember, you know, even, you know, you never stop learning. So yeah, it's, it's, you're gonna, it's gonna be very confusing in the beginning, but you'll start to understand it more. And follow me on Instagram for your updates yes. and like good stuff. I'm also working on setting up uh, a Patreon, which will also be happening at the end of the month where I'll be doing uh, weekly and uh, monthly horoscopes. So if you want to learn more what's going on in the cosmos uh, on a much deeper level, then that will definitely be interesting to you. Big things coming, right? All the good things. All coming. the good things. And also, if you want to get in a, in a debate, follow Will on Twitter and you can yes. debate him. If you want to get triggered, <laughs> if you want me to debate you, I, uh, maybe I will. depends on if you're worthy. Uh, but usually I'll just say triggering things and people will debate me. So that's how it works. So you're, you're easily one. triggered or, you know, you want to, you, you want to just get your pineal pop then follow me on, on Twitter. The I'm last, a little bit more tame on Instagram, but yeah. Twitter is pretty savage. So the last thing I saw was someone tweeted you ignorant. And I mean this as fuck. And you go yeah. victim. And I mean this mentality. That is yeah. yeah, I was getting notifications through this uh, thing. It's like yeah. I have over 50 right now on, on Twitter of people raging. Cause I, I, well, I was just talking about how hormonal birth control and all that shit is, is terrible for your body. And it is. people don't like that. Um, people don't like the truth. So that's just how it goes. You know? <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, there are many aspects of Will and um, what I want him to do next is just let the people know how they can find you. I'm going to have it all in the show notes too, but uh, what are the best avenues to get? I am Will Nichols on all platforms. I don't really use Snapchat that much, but you can add me if you want. Twitter, Instagram are my go-tos. And then if you want to book a session, a consultation with me, uh, astrome.as.me. Otherwise, click the link in my bio on my Instagram and you will find my workshops if you are interested in the Sinistry workshop where I broke down Rihanna and Tanner's chart with some other people and my own actually with my partner. And, um, and yeah, all my workshops and stuff. Uh, there's also a sexual transmutation workshop, so we didn't get too much into that, but that's okay. Um, that's all. If you follow me on Instagram and you follow me on Twitter, you'll get a pretty decent understanding. I've got some workshops, got some good stuff. And more stuff is coming. So I am Will Nichols on pretty much everything. And yeah, 
you can book a session astrom a-s-t-r-o-m dot a-s dot me for one-on-one -on -one consultations i have little beginner ones that are 45 minutes or larger ones that are 90 minutes and then we also have the sinistry ones for you and your partner as well so amazing yes. thank you so much for coming on and spending time with me today well, thanks uh, so much for inviting me of course, you're just a gift and always bring, like I said, so much value to everything. And I knew I had to bring you on. <laughs> um, so I have one more question. What yes. do you want to leave everyone with? I want to leave everybody with the fundamental understanding that, well, two things. One, when it comes to relationships, communication and trust are the most essential things you will ever learn to cultivate. It's mm -hmm. not going to be easy. It's not sunshine and rainbows. It's hard to express your needs, wants, and desires. It's scary because there's the potential that you don't get those needs met. And that's terrifying. It's terrifying. And that's okay. And that's part of the process. And that's part of learning how to love unconditionally is loving someone, even if they're unable to meet your needs and accepting that and moving on if that is the case. Otherwise, a lot of times, the exciting aspect is you get your needs met. Woohoo! So trust and communication are the fundamental foundations to all relationships. I really, really want you to understand this and really work on that. And check out those books too. Men are from Mars, Women are from Venus, and Nonviolent Communication, which are great books, learning how to communicate with your partner, learning how you communicate and express yourself, and learning how your partner communicates and expresses himself. And also, never stop learning, never stop growing, and always remember that when you think you know, you don't know. <laughs> and when you realize that you don't know, you're starting to get it. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. I love you. And love you. Thank you all so much for tuning into this. And yes. I appreciate you all. Of course, me too. Have a good day. And don't forget to do something self-loving for yourself. Love you guys. Bye.